And so anyway, we just thank the Lord for this provision he's given us through Zoom and those that are joining us by phone. And those of you that may be tuning in here in the near, near future on the podcast, we're back. Uh, Alan is able to put the podcast together. We had like a little bit of break uh, from March until the time that Alan was able to set up the podcast. So just to let everyone know we're moving forward. We're rejoicing the Lord. We're walking his provision. And we're, we're happy to announce that not one member, a regular attender of the seed of Abraham, has, has come down with COVID at this time. And so, Father God, we would like to lift up all those people around the earth, Father, at this time who are currently suffering from this COVID, Almighty God. We ask, Father, for your touch, your healing touch upon their bodies. Almighty God, may you restore them all to perfect health as we walk through your provision as we're going through this pandemic. Nothing is hidden before your eyes, Almighty God. You're never surprised. You know the beginning, the end, Almighty God. And we can trust that you are sitting upon the throne, even though that our governments and, and the people in the, in the nations may be in turmoil at this time. Our God still sits on the throne, and we're to walk in his provision. And we believers can rejoice that our salvation is sure, but we must be about the Father's business. And that is doing what? But proclaiming the good news to everyone that the Lord allows to cross our path. And so we're continuing now on that series of Acts Yeshua's Emissaries. We're beginning in chapter 17 today. So if you'd like to open up your Bibles with me, let us all now turn to Acts chapter 17. I'll give you a few moments there to to find your place. And also as you find your place, I know in the back of many Bibles there are maps. And it's a blessing to have maps because these places where Rav Shaul and, and the and Silas were traveling to, along with Luke and Timothy, these were all literal places. These were little people. And some of the names that that are listed in the scriptures, it just mentions a few little details about them. It doesn't go into elaborate uh, history about, about these certain individuals. But just as where we live today, and you know what? Many people will not know of our names here on earth. We may not become famous, and that's all right. But to know this, that God has inscribed every person's hand upon every person, his hand, the name of every individual. That's how precious we are in the eyes of the Lord. And in Psalms, it speaks of this, that God actually gathers our tears for us. That's how intimate and loving Heavenly Father that we have. So now I believe everyone has found their place in Acts chapter 17, and possibly you've also found your place in your Bibles where it's Paul's or Rav Shaul's second missionary journey. As I mentioned these towns today, I would like you to look on your map, sir, and follow along. What, what has happened here recently is Rav Shaul, along with Silas and Luke and Timothy, they have left the area of present-day Turkey, and now they've gone across the, the Aegean Sea, and they've gone now over to an area which is modern-day Greece. And so let us begin in Acts chapter 17, verse 1. After passing through Amphilippos, 
You can find that on your maps there. If you would go just a little bit north and a little bit uh, to the west of Philippi. It says, so after passing through and Philippus, and notice that they just passed through, and Apollonia, see the Spirit of the living God did not want them to stop and minister to the people there. They were just passing through. How many times in any of your lives have you found yourself going from one location to another to do a specific assignment that the Lord has given you to do? Just as the children of Israel, they were in certain places, the wilderness for a certain amount of time. Now we see the Lord through his spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, which dwells in each and every person. Think of this. This is far greater than any GPS. How many of us are locked into Google? We go to Google when we tap, type in, or we say on our, on our phones, or maybe in our cars, we have Bluetooth, all these things to give us guidance. But, you know, God has given us something far greater than GPS. Because, you know, sometimes when you're on a journey, and then all of a sudden it's reconfiguring, and it sends you to actually the wrong place, the Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit, our internal GPS is leading us on the path that God wants us to walk therein. The people that cross our, our paths in life, that's not by mistake. That's not by chance. This is all orchestrated by Abba, Father, God. And to know this, we have the spirit of the living God that dwells within us, okay? There's never a, a time where, where all of a sudden our reception is unstable. Are you kidding me? God's communication is always perfect. We have God's written word, the Bible, but also we have the inner spirit of the living God. You know, here recently in the past, this Thursday was what? Tish Benah. What is that? The time? The remembrance of what? The destruction of the first and second temple. This is a time of mourning for, for Jewish people. Because the temple no longer exists. But you know what was God's plan? He allowed the Romans to destroy that temple. So that in scripture it says this, you are. Whether you're from the, the tribes of Israel or you have been grafted in, you are the temple of the God Most High. And what dwells within the temple of the God Most High? The Spirit of the Living God. The literal presence of the Lord. The literal presence of the Lord that led the Jewish people through the wilderness and is leading us today. And so this Spirit of the Living God that is now speaking to Rav Shaul, and I really believe we need to focus on this, because right now in this pandemic, there are changes going on in our nations, all right? There's change, there's protesting going on, there's all this stuff going on, there's pandemic that's going on. This is worldwide. And the Lord who's sitting upon the throne is allowing this to happen, so that we would not simply trust in our governments, and in ourselves, but to hear the inner still voice of the Ruach HaKodesh. And I ask you now, what is the Spirit of the living God speaking to you today? He will be speaking to us today through his word. And so let us continue now in Acts chapter 17, verse 1. And passing through 
and Aphilopos and Apollonia, Shaul and Sila came to where? Thessalonica. Did you find that on your maps? That is further west on this Macedonian, which is present-day Greece. This was all orchestrated by Adonai, where there was what? A synagogue. They found a synagogue, all right? And according to his usual practice, Shaul, notice this, this was his usual practice. If there was a synagogue in the vicinity where Adonai was leading him, the Spirit of the living God would lead him towards that synagogue. Why? Because there were Jewish people there who had not come to know Messiah yet. They had to have a, the revelation that Yeshua is the Messiah. That God raised his Mashiach. He allowed him to die. And to, he raised him from, a, from the dead. All right? And so all these things had to go, what, as the scriptures say? To the Jew first, because God has ordained that the Jewish people would be the light to the world. And who is the light? The Jewish people? No, but the God of Israel. And that Yeshua, his son, was a representation of God the Father in human flesh. He came, he dwelled among his people, Emmanuel, he dwelt with his people in the land of Israel, he taught, he laid down his life, and now he's been resurrected. And so this good news has to be proclaimed to the Jewish people. And you know what? This is not in the land of Israel. This is part of this, the diaspora. Where our Jewish people have been led out, they've been captive in centuries before, and they've been brought to these different places by being conquered by these various nations. So let us go forward here. In, in Acts chapter 17, verse 2, And after passing through Anaphilos and Apollonia, Shaul and Sila came to Thessalonica. And you know, that may be a very, very familiar word with you. Where have I heard that word before? First and second Thessalonians. So let us continue here. Where there was a synagogue. And according to his usual practice, Shaul went in. See, he did not avoid the synagogue. That was a place where he would go on Shabbat to do what? To worship Adonai. Let's continue here. And on three Shabbats, notice that. And this is what the Spirit of the living God wants to uh, place in our hearts as a foundation stone. See, when Rav Shaul came to a saving knowledge of who Messiah Yeshua was, he did not forsake his people, or did not forsake his God. He continued to live as a Jew, a completed Jew, one who is filled with the spirit of the living God that was leading him into all truth, and he received Yeshua, the promised Messiah, not only just to the Jewish people, but to the whole wide world. And so long, Abba, Father God, chose him specifically to go and proclaim the good news to the Jew first and then to all the nations. Now let us proceed as we go forward here. So according to his usual practice, Shaul went in into the synagogue. Notice this, he didn't go into any churches. Why? 
There were no churches. They did not exist. Let's go forward here. And on three Shabbats, he gave them drashas from the Tanakh. And I'll simplify that. What is a drash? It is literally a sermon or a message, okay? A challenge. He begins to lay out scripture. And what is he speaking from? Is he quoting Matthew through Revelation? No, it has not been written yet. What is he quoting? The Tanakh. Or for those of you that don't know what the Tanakh is, the Old Covenant. Let us move forward here. So he gave drashes from the what? The Tanakh. 7.3. Explaining and proving that the Messiah had to what? He had to suffer and raise again from the dead. That this Yeshua whom I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah. Okay? Verse 4. Some of the Jews were persuaded and threw in their lot with Shaul and Silah, as did many Greek men who were God-fearers, and now, and not a few of the leading women. Remember who the God-fearers are? These are Gentiles who go towards to the synagogue to hear the Tanakh being explained. See, they were in the process of being grafted in to becoming Jews, but they were held back, not by the Jewish people, but they were held back by their own conscience that this is as far as they wanted to go. And so now God is doing a brand new thing. He's now allowing people from the nations to be now grafted into the commonwealth of Israel without having to the men undergo the Brit Milah, and you may be wondering, why did we focus on the Brit Milah earlier in the book of Acts? Because the Spirit of the living God focused on that. And so with this, we see now God has made a provision for people from the nations, both men and women, to be grafted into the commonwealth of Israel without having to convert to Judaism. Did they worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? Absolutely. And so this was, God was doing a brand new thing. So let us continue here. Some of the Jews were persuaded and threw in their lot with Shaul and Silah, as did many Greek men who were God-fearers. See, so they, 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 they forsook their father's teachings, which were pagan idols. They were living the best moral life that they possibly could. And you know what? Just as Jewish people in that century stood out from all the other nations, so did these God-fearers, because they conducted themselves not as pagans. And they stood out like lights in darkness, just as the Jewish people did. And so this was God's provision up to a point. Well, let's continue with the scripture here. Verse 17, 5. But the unbelieving Jews, now, what do they not believe? They do not believe that Yeshua is the promised Messiah. Why? Because there's a veil over their eyes and over their hearts. 
just as Rav Shaul, when he took those letters from the high priest and went to Damascus and went to rest all those followers of the way, these individuals have not had the veil removed from their eyes and from their hearts. They cannot see Yeshua as Messiah at this time. So let us continue here. But the unbelieving Jews grew what? They grew jealous. Why? Because Rav Shaul was able to expound upon and bring light to the scriptures. And what are the scriptures? Matthew through Revelation? Absolutely not. But light from the Tanakh. The fulfillment. Because the Jewish people were looking for a liberator. One who was going to set them free. The promise of the coming Messiah. That aspect was put at the forefront. That was all in their minds. And that's why the majority of the Jewish people, when Yeshua came, they were expecting him to come as a conquering king. Remember when he was about and he rode that donkey on, on the way going into Jerusalem? They, 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 they laid down those palm branches. And they said, Hosanna, the son of David. They were looking for a liberator from, from the Roman oppression. And that, that he would go forward and he would sit upon the throne of David. You see, for us to fully understand what's taking place here, we have to know these details. And for Jews today who are unbelieving Jews, what are they waiting for? They're waiting for Mashiach, the Messiah, to come and for him to be a liberator to Jewish people, to set them free. So let us go forward here. So, but the unbelieving Jews became jealous. So they got together some vicious men. Notice that. They knew who the vicious men in their community were. And it wasn't of themselves. So they went outside their community and gathered these vicious men. They who knew who the criminals were in the community. They went from, so they got together some vicious men from the riffraff, okay? The outsiders, the outcasts. And where were they? Where were they found them? They were hanging around where? The market square. These were the thieves. These were the thugs of that day. Okay, let's go forward. And they collected a crowd and they started a riot in the city. So who were the instigators behind this? The scripture clearly states these unbelieving Jews. They brought these men who were troublemakers, who were thugs, and they propositioned them to start a riot. Let's go forward here. But when... Okay, verse uh, numbers uh, 17. Sometimes when I type the scriptures down, I'm going to take a quick pause here for a moment. So I don't, do not want to make a mistake here. You know, in Scripture, we're commanded to write out God's Word, to memorize it, 
And there's sometimes when I'm, I'm typing and I'll get distracted with something else. And then all of a sudden what will take place is that I will, I will, I will miss a uh, verse to go uh, to write down there. And so we should be in seven, uh, Acts chapter 17. Okay, it is correct what I, what I typed. But verse 6, but when they didn't find them, who were they looking for? They were looking for Rav Shoal and Sila. They dragged Jason out. And so what the scripture doesn't give us until later on is that where was Shaul and Silas staying? But at this man whose name was Jason. And some of the other brothers before the city authorities shouted. So they brought these guys out. Because they couldn't find Rob Shaul. They couldn't find Sila. So they wanted to deal with them. They wanted to give them harm. These men, this is now what, what they shouted to the authorities. These men who have turned the whole world upside down have come here too. And isn't that one of the, the statements that they say about those Shalakim, those apostles? They turned the known world upside down through their preaching of the good news. Let us go forward in verse uh, 717. And Jason has let them stay in his home. See, this was accusation. All of them are defying the decrees of what? The emperor. See, because these unbelieving Jews could not argue with Rav Shaul as he was anointed and filled with the Spirit of God, and he began to proclaim the truth about Messiah from the Tanakh. And so what did they turn to? Their old carnal nature. And you know what's amazing today? If you look at politicians today, a lot of times they will not talk the issues with one another, but what will they do? They'll do personal attacks, one against the other. So now everything is now being politicized. And so all of them are now defined the decrees of the emperor. And who's the emperor? Caesar of Rome. So at this time, the Greeks were underneath the Roman boot also. The boot is symbolized of oppression. This was part of the Roman Empire. Because they assert that there is another king, Yeshua. Think about that. What was the accusation? One of the accusations against Yeshua when he stood before Pilate. He was asked this question by Pilate, are you a king? And Yeshua said, my kingdom is not of this earth. Let's go forward here. Their words now threw the crowd and the authorities into what? Into turmoil. Because if anyone would say anything against the emperor who was Caesar of Rome, the weight of the Roman Empire would fall upon their heads. They were terrified going forward here. So that only after Jason and the others had now posted bond did they let them go going forward in Acts 17.10.
But as soon as the night fell, the brothers sent Shaul and Silah off to Berea. Notice this at other times, what had ha happened recently in the other town. There were false accusations against Shaul and Silah by the people. And what they were arrested, they were beaten and flogged. They were put in stocks and their earthquake came. And then it caused all the chains to fall off, not only a Shaul and Silah, but all the prisoners there. It basically broke up the prison. All these things took place. But you notice now there's no earthquake. Who's been arrested but Jason, a brand new believer in Messiah, and the other brothers. And when it speaks brothers in this context, that's speaking of other Jewish men who came to faith in Messiah. So let us move forward here. So that only after Jason and others had posted bond did they let them go. But as night fell, verse 17, 10, the brothers sent Shaul and Silah off to Berea. Notice that they had hidden them so well that no, none of the authorities could find them within the city. Now look at your maps. Find the city of Berea. Notice on your maps, it's a little bit west of Thessalonica, not too far away. So that's, I believe that the Spirit of Living God spoke to these brand new baby believers, Jewish believers, had them protect Rav Shaul and Silah. And then now they're sending them on to Berea. And the scripture says this, as soon as they arrived, they went where? To the synagogue. Notice here's a pattern that the Lord has orchestrated in Rav Shaul's life that became a practice that he did. You notice earlier as we read in scriptures, in the other prior uh, portions of scripture, when there wasn't a synagogue, where did Rav Shaul go along with Luke and Silas? They went to a place where there was water. Because they knew that would be where, they, if there were any Jews that were living in that community, they would, if they did not have a synagogue, they would meet at a place of water. Because that would be the place where they could go underneath the waters of the mikvah to prepare themselves to enter into the place, into the synagogues, to worship the Lord God. So let us go forward here. And they went into the synagogue. Chapter 17, verse 11. Now the people here were now of a more noble character than the ones in Thessalonica. They eagerly welcomed the message. But notice this. Checking the Tanakh every day to see the things that Shaul was saying were true. Anyone that ever hears someone preach or teach or read any portion of scripture, we're to have our what? We're to have our swords with us, the word of God, and searching the scriptures to see whether that person that is presenting the good news is doing it correctly or doing it in error. And so they were searching the scriptures. See, this is a practice in Judaism to study the scriptures. Do you realize this, that King David 
when he came to the office as being a king, he was to take a scroll and to write out the Tanakh, the five books of Moses. He was to do that every year. And there was to be a scribe, a Kohen that was looking over his shoulder. And as he was writing out in Hebrew, God's word, the Tanakh, he was to do that. And by, by writing it out and by reading it of another prepared scroll as he was copying it out, if there was one little smudge, one little slip where one letter was not perfectly written, that Cohen scribe would then say, excuse me, your majesty. He would take that scroll, walk over to the fire, throw it in the fire, and then hand David a brand new scroll that was blank to start copying again. The king and the people of Israel were to know God's word. We're to what? To meditate on it both day and night. We're to delight in what? The Torah. The Torah is what? God's communication to his people, to the Jew first and all to the nations. And so anything that did not line up, which was already written in the Tanakh, these men of Berea, who were Jews, were, were, says that they were more honorable in this, and that they studied the scripture, and they delighted. They, as, as, as they saw God's word, as the veil was being slowly to remove from their eyes, they did not become bitter or jealous, but they rejoiced in knowing that Messiah has, yes, come. Let's go forward here in the portion of scripture that the Lord has given us for today. Now the people here were of no more, more nobler character than the ones in Thessalonica. They eagerly welcomed the message, checking the Tanakh every day to see if the things Shaul was saying were true. Verse 12, many of them came to trust. Why? Because Adonai was removing the veil from their eyes. And the spirit of the living God was speaking to them. And the words of the Tanakh were becoming alive. And they were getting deeper revelation of what the spirit of the living God was doing right then, right now. And he was transforming their hearts and minds to understand Torah in such a great way. Because what is the center of Torah? but Messiah Yeshua and God's plan to redeem all people. Let us continue here in God's word. Verse 7, 17, 13. But one unbelieving Jews of where Thessalonica <coughs> learned that the word of God, notice this, the word of God is being proclaimed with full revelation. Nothing is hidden. The word is going forth, and it's removing the veil from the eyes, which indicates the mind, and also the hearts. These people are being transformed. They are no longer have a heart of stone, but they're becoming to have a heart of flesh. 
That is a manifestation of the spirit of the living God. And all of us who are from a Jewish ancestry can attest to this. We would not know Yeshua as Messiah until the spirit of the living God slowly begins to remove the veil from our eyes and removes the, causes our hearts to no longer be stony, but to give us a heart of flesh. And is that not what Jeremiah uh, spoke on? That Adonai is going to do what? He's going to give us a what? A, a Brit Hadashah, a new covenant. And that is what is being revealed now in the Brit Hadashah, the new covenant. As the book of Acts has not even been, been written yet, it's being lived out. Let's move forward here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when unbelieving Jews of Thessalonica learned that the word of God had been proclaimed by Shaul in Berea as well, they went there too to make trouble and to do what? To agitate the crowds. To gather people. To, to, do, to make false accusations. Because they could not stand face to face with Rav Shaul as he was uh, explaining and bringing life to the Tanakh. Let's go forward here. Acts 17, 14. So now notice this. The brothers sent whom away but Shaul. He, they sent him away once to go down to the seacoast while Sila and Timothy stayed behind. Notice this is something brand new. The Spirit of the living God is speaking to Sila and speaking to, to Timothy and saying, now, you now make Talmudim. You stand, you stand in, in the front. You take the opposition. I'm sending my evangelist, my Shaul, my emissary on. You remain. You, you teach, you equip, you correct, you encourage those brand new Jewish believers and those from the Gentile, the God-fearers. You disciple them. And what is the commission that Yeshua gave to every believer? To go forth and do what? To proclaim the good news. And to what? To make Talmudim, make disciples. Let's continue here. Verse 1715. Shaul's escort went with him as far as Athens, then left with instructions for Sila and Timothy to come as quickly as they could. You know what? We're not giving a time frame here. Could this have been three days? Possible. Could it have been four to five weeks? Could be. Could it have been a month? It's possible. But there was a time of training and teaching because you know what the Lord is doing? He's setting up places, called out ones, kihilah. Some of them are meeting in homes, as we see in Cornelius' house in the future. And some are what? They're, they're meeting in synagogues. Can you see now the majority of Jews who came to know Messiah that are part of this synagogue? This could have been the very first Messianic 
synagogue in the Brit Hadashah, where the whole community of Jewish people came to a saving faith of Messiah. And notice this, as because this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants us to raise up Talmudim because in the near future, he's going to be sending Timothy and Silas on. Why is God equipping us for such a time as this? That we would make Talmudim to, to strengthen them and to teach them so that the Lord moves us on to different situations. And notice this, that the, the Yeshua's great commission is not to the Messianic rabbis or to the pastors or to the elders. It is to every man and woman to go and proclaim the good news and for them to make Talmudim. That's God's provision. That's Yeshua's great commission. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Are we fulfilling Yeshua's commission given to us as individuals? And are we operating in that as a called out congregation? Blessed be the name of the Lord.